0: Every Arizona homeowner's best friend.
1: Good morning, Arizona homeowners. Welcome to my house. Every Arizona homeowner's happy place. Where we come together every single Saturday morning live on air to answer any question you might have about your house, home, castle, or cabin. You join the conversation by simply dialing 48 That's one triple eight Rosie for you. Give us a ring. Let us know what's on your mind. What's of concern? What is causing you anxiety in and about your castle, your kingdom, your nest, your crib? Let us put our fifty years of home building and remodeling in Arizona to work for you for free. If you're considering starting a project, if you're stuck in the middle of a project, if it's a project you just can't seem to get finished, give us a ring and we'll give you tips and tricks of the trade. We'll recommend particular tools and actually brand names of products that we have found that work very well in the great state of Arizona. Romy. The first thing we want to do, and we've got some special guests in studio, and I'm not going to rob y'all's time. I want to jump in on the topic, but I can't not start this hour without congratulating Habitat for Humanity, Central Arizona. Their grand opening of the Habitat Construction Training Center. Pretty, Pretty great idea. You know, all of Habitat's homes
2: are built without labor costs. It's all volunteer work, and if you're a recipient of a habitat home. You know, there's qualification process you've got to go through. Um, you have to put in 400 of your own hours in building the home and then 200 hours on other habitat homes. So all of this is done, uh, you know, supervised, but by volunteer labor work, built a code, and everything's done. Well, they Stated yesterday, someone said something like we're like 50,000 construction workers short. At least. In, and, the, state. in the state. At least. Uh, and so <clears throat> Habitat thought, you know, well, we've got volunteer work. Uh, you know, you a lot of learning on the job. We're going to put together a full training program for anybody that wants to learn construction.
1: Every, every Habitat home becomes a training laboratory. So they've got a classroom, and they've got a lab on site, and then they've got each of the homes they're building. So congratulations to Habitat. As a matter of fact, we're going to have Mr. Jason Barlow in next week to talk more about that. But we had the governor there and dignitaries and some families that have been extra supportive in getting this off the ground Congratulations to Habitat for Humanity for their new training center they've got started. All right. If you're a regular subscriber to the Rosie on the House newsletter, if you're what we call a Rosie Insider, you can join us by uh jumping onto the website, rosieallnows.com. Become a regular subscriber, and in your email every single Thursday through the internet machine, we will send you a <coughs> subscription-only digital newsletter. And it will tell you what we're going to cover that particular Saturday, give you a, a tip-off of what's going to be on air if that's a topic that has particular of interest uh, to you. So I couldn't not have this show. It's a show of building permits. And we have a repeat guest, Miss Lisa Herzog. Miss Lisa, thanks for joining us.
3: Happy to be here.
1: Residential plan review coordinator for City of Phoenix. Correct. So you see a few plans.
3: Just a few. <laughs> yeah,
1: just a Maybe few. Maybe one or two. Just a few. Oh, um, by the way, you've got one coming at my address pretty soon. So.
3: Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right.
1: And from City of Tempe, we've got Mr. John Earhart, plan review coordinator, director.
0: Plan review manager. manager. Yes.
1: John, thanks for joining us. Thank you. And the point I wanted to bring home to all of our Arizona listeners today is you don't have to be scared of a building permit.
0: No. No, you don't.
1: <laughs> and and then I want to explain to them why they don't have to be, and then I want to take away all the excuses why they don't do it. So we're gonna we're gonna cover both of those right now. John, why don't you have to be scared of a building permit? It's gonna raise my taxes.
0: You pay taxes to get the service that we provide. Uh, and with that building permit, we can ensure compliance to the code for whatever scope of work you're doing. That is why we want homeowners to get permits for the work they're doing or to at least inquire if they even need a permit uh, from staff.
1: And that's an easy inquiry to make.
0: Uh, very easy. Uh, in Tempe, uh, they could uh, call 311 uh 480-350-4311, uh, and they can reach out to the permit center staff and uh, let us know what the scope of work is, what they got going on, and uh, we'll assist and determine whether a permit's required or not, and if it is, we'll walk them through that process.
1: It's a very simple conversation. The other thing I want to talk about today is all the things that do require a permit that people don't realize. Lisa, why shouldn't I be afraid of a permit in the city of Phoenix?
3: Because, once again, seconding what John said, we would like you to have the permit. It's a, It may not be a simple process, but it is one that we can help you with. Um, we uh, are there. We have a residential counter. You can make an appointment to come in person so that we can cover whatever it is that you need, perhaps give you an idea of what plans uh, are needed. We also have an email address that we uh, get back to people within 48 hours. It's phoenix.gov, and that's our information uh, and inquiry email and we answer all of those uh don't need to be afraid maybe it's something that's for foreign but we'll help you through the process
1: i couldn't be happier that the real estate industry is beginning to start to ask the question has everything at this house been permitted yep that's a question that should have been started at being asked 50 years ago
3: right there's uh Definitely an increase <laughs> will get people that'll come in to do due diligence as well. We have a records department that we can send people to. It's just one floor above ours. So if they're in the building, they can go check and see if there's any historical permits on file. And they they can do a records request and they'll give them copies of it. So uh, it's a good thing, definitely. And you want to, if something has not been permitted, but somebody did an addition, it... Um, it's a process to get that permitted, but we can help you with that. It happens. You're not, uh, you're not shamed or talked bad to. We help you with that process. It happens all the time.
1: I want to go into more detail on that a little bit later, but one of the reasons to be scared of a permit is if you know Uncle Ned put that room addition <laughs> on in the 60s, and you know he never pulled a permit. So I'm not going to pull a permit for this bathroom addition. Cause then I gotta fix all Uncle Ned's work, but we'll co- we'll cover that a little bit later. But let's let's. What are some of the excuses you hear? I hear it all the time with people that want a remodeling job, and they say, "Well, you know, we're not anticipating pulling a permit." But you're moving the drain, yeah. and we're adding lighting and modifying the air conditioning system. It's common. You know, if you want us to do the work, we'll be pulling a permit. I don't I don't need a permit John because there's nothing I'm not changing any load bearing
0: well, just as you said you you may not be changing anything structurally uh, <laughs> but you certainly will be changing uh adding electrical changing fixture units uh water demand there there there's a lot of aspects and, and water. Uh, just as much as uh, can affect a structure, just as much as uh, a load bearing beam that is undersized. Uh, water causes more damage, uh, and we see a lot of issues uh, because of water alone. And homeowners, uh, you know, installing a, a new fixture on their own without a permit, not knowing what they're doing. That's why it's better safe than sorry. Uh, reach out. Our inspection team will come, uh, make sure everything's to code, and close out a permit, and and there you go, you're done. I hear a lot
1: when I visit homes, uh, and they show me something that's been done, and I'll always ask, now was that permanent? Uh, uh, no, Rosie, it wasn't permanent because I did it myself. Is that a good excuse?
0: No, no, what that is is, that is not <laughs> an excuse. Um, that I. I would say common uh, a lot of people have the thought that that doesn't require permit even if they do the work themselves there is uh, a owner builder uh, declaration that can be made where you don't have to have a contractor on file and you can do the work but a permit is still required for a majority of that work yeah. what are some excuses you've heard Lisa?
3: <laughs> yeah, that's I I did the work or you know it's it, it was interior didn't think it needed a permit because like you said the uh any uh load-bearing walls or beams if they're not touched they figure but remember that the permits are in place not just to, as some people feel, be a headache to try to obtain, but they're there for life safety reasons. That's the reason why someone pulls a permit, because if there's work that's done that needs to be inspected to make sure that it is per code, the code is there for life safety, safety of whoever is residing within that dwelling. So... That's the one of the main reasons, or the main reason, to get a permit.
1: And I want to talk in the next segment. I want to talk about some of the nightmares you've seen, and I'm going to share with some of the nightmares I've seen.
0: That could be its own, <laughs> own segment, I was uh, uh, see, and, and yes, that could be its own show. Uh, yes, yes, it, it certainly could. could.
1: It could, but I can't tell you how many times I've gone out to someone that wants to uh, take out uh, Uncle Ned put a put a patio and an Arizona room uh, mm-hmm. off the back patio and hung all the uh, uh, roof joists, the roof rafters off the fascia, the existing fascia, uh, didn't secure the posts uh, and didn't put any kind of a water barrier or lift the concrete above grade. And I can't tell you how many people want to say, well, I would just kind of like to fix this up to a more substantial room. We're going to talk about the Arizona room and other, other projects we see often that just aren't done to code. We get back with John Earhart from City of Tempe and Miss Lisa Herzog from City of Phoenix. Permitting divisions, if you've got a question about something and you want to ask an anonymous question, this would be the perfect time to do it at one 767 43
2: 48. Work I'm working on a, I'm working on a
1: Welcome back, y'all. Working on a and we do have folks phoning in and Miss Jennifer is getting your name and your question. If you have a question about any permitting question, you might have. At your house home castle or cabin. This would be a perfect time. We won't even tell these inspectors what your name is. You'll all be John and 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 Jane this particular hour. You don't have to give your address. You can ask these questions. Absolutely perfectly anonymous. We've got John Earhart, the plan review manager for City of Tempe. And John, I don't even know why City of Tempe demands building permits. Oh yeah? Why is that? You've you, you built City Hall upside down. I mean <laughs> What could what could I do that's worse than what y'all already did? I, I didn't build it.
0: I didn't build it.
1: It is an extremely interesting building.
0: Yes, but yes, it is, it is. Up, but
1: it is upside down.
0: To each his own. Fair enough. And it's an inverted
2: pyramid that's completely uh, that surrounded is, by that glass. That is correct. Yes. So if you haven't if you've been there, familiar with what they're talking about. But there's there's two of those inverted pyramids. There's another one on Central.
1: That's I don't know there.
2: how that style
1: uh, or
2: ever got popular.
1: <laughs> well, it
2: leaves Feeding a lot of room for landscaping <laughs> and parking. <laughs>
0: Sometimes you <laughs> just have to turn things <laughs> on their head. I
1: guess all Here right. You go. So we've got Mr. John representing City of Tempe and we've got Lisa Herzog, residential plan review coordinator for City of Phoenix. So you are free to call in and ask any question you might like. Okay. Uh, we talked a l- we touched on it just a little bit about why people don't want permits, and Lisa, you addressed it. I want to go into more detail on them. A lot of the times, a homeowner doesn't want to proceed with a permit because they know work at the house by a prior owner or by themselves was not permitted, and they've got a, a, a some some kind of panic switch inside their heart that says, "Oh, what w- what is that going to do for me?" So, talk through. Known structures, non permitted How do we solve that?
3: Um, It's just like any other permit. It's after the fact. So the homeowner would come to the residential counter or make an inquiry via our email. Let us know that they have existing uh, non-permitted construction and that they want to get a permit for it bring it up to code, and then perhaps they're also going to have some additional work done. So the plans that they provide and the scope of work just needs to address that. So they can list out, let's say it was a non-permitted patio cover and perhaps a uh, extension of the living area or a a storage closet, something along that line. They just put that in the scope of work. They provide plans that have the construction details for that to the best of their knowledge. I will tell you one thing: if something is non-permitted and it has not had inspections, we may ask them to uncover some things. Sure. There, there are requirements that uh, framing may need to be inspected and. Don't go into a panic mode that we're going to have them pull all the drywall off if drywalls involved in it. We may ask them to cut a uh, space open around a, an electrical box if there's electrical there, just to verify some things and take a look at it. Is
1: there a big so, penalty?
3: Um, if they if they are not have not had an investigation for non-permitted construction, no, there are no additional penalties or fees. Okay, so it's uh, the, Uh, process get plans go through the permitting process just as if they were coming for the first time for an addition
1: all right john i've got a caller with a question for you right now we're going to bring in line three that has a question about a home she'd like to sell go ahead i I won't mention your name because i told you you could make all these calls anonymous so uh, if you're the one on hold that wants to talk about a home for sale that you know you've got unprinted work good morning Good morning. All right. Ask your yeah. question real quick.
3: So we're gonna to wanna to sell our house next year. We enclosed our third garage, made it and did not get it permit. We made it into a work and craft and reading room for our family. What well, do we need to do? I guess before we sell our house, would we just go ahead and get it inspected as she was mentioning before? <clears throat>
0: Well, good morning. Uh, th- thank you for the question. Uh, we have in Tempe the perfect uh, team, a, a project assistance team. So once you, you're letting us know what it is you did, uh, so you, you closed in and now you have some uh, new livable square footage, our project assistance team will assist. They're going to ensure from planning, uh, uh, making sure plannings covered for lot coverage, uh, habitable square footage, Making sure you have the and meet the parking requirements necessary for that to, to be sufficient uh, per code, uh, per the zoning code. And then they will be a liaison throughout the whole process and they'll pass you uh, to a plan review staff member who's gonna help you get the required documents and plans for the project. Once those required documents and plans are compiled, Uh, We will go ahead and issue a permit to help you move forward to the field. And that's where, as Lisa said, uh, you would have your inspections. Anything that they would need to see because the work was done prior would be done. And then uh, they'll get closed out and you should be able to sell the house. Talking building permits
2: here at Rosie on the House. More after bottom of the hour news. If you'd like to ask a question, join the conversation. one 767 4348 That's one Rosie, for you.
1: Let me have a rule and a saw and a board, and I'll cut it. Climb up a ladder with a hammer and a nail, now I'll nail it. Well, we worked so hard to build a little house together. In the snow, in the rain, or the ice cold wind, whenever. And welcome back to the hour at Rosie on the House. We're talking about building permits. And it occurred to me a funny story about a month ago. I walked into a client's home who listens to me often enough to know I blame Uncle Ned for a lot of things. <laughs> and, so I, and so I could tell something at this house was not permitted. I said, uh, and, and he said, Rosie, Uncle Ned did not build this. Uncle Ned's great-grandfather, World War I veteran, <laughs> built this. So it's grandfather. I shouldn't have to change it. The, we hear that the, all the, the time. The famous grandfather clause, it's been here forever illegally. I shouldn't have to change it. But I tell you what I want to do. When I knew y'all were coming on, I drew up in my mind the questions I thought we'd be getting. I didn't see this one coming. Uh, let's go to line four. I believe that's Dewey calling, and he has a question I was not anticipating. Good morning. Good morning. How are you doing, Rosie? <laughs> I'm doing really good. What kind of project have you got planned? <laughs> well,
2: uh, I I wondered what are the requirements for permitting, like mayor motels, you know, for horses, you know, horse shelters, you know, covers. You know, for uh, for horses, you know, uh, arena lighting, um, you know, just the construction
1: of an arena in
2: itself. What 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 is what's required for that?
1: Okay, Uh, uh, may I ask, your name is Dewey, or is this house being built in Dewey? No, that's my name. Okay, what 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 jurisdiction are you in? You mean what location? Yeah, or what? What do you mean, jurisdiction? City. What? What? No, what? In Queen Creek. Okay. Queen okay. So uh, there's a lot to consider there. Right? Yes. We've got setback lines. We've got all kinds of things. John, take the first three things, and then Lisa, you follow up.
0: Uh, well, the first three things are: uh, you're in Queen Creek, uh, so you have to know whether uh, Queen Creek Building Department or uh, Maricopa County would be who you would have to reach out to for permitting. Uh, if you know what design it is that you want for your horses, then you're going to have to reach out and contact uh, the appropriate uh, you know, AHJ, uh, the jurisdiction uh, required to permit uh, for your horse uh, arena. And once you have that design and, and concept in place, you can uh, start with your preliminary inquiry with, uh, planning staff and, and uh, more than likely, I can't speak for Queen Creek or Maricopa, but more than likely, they'll assist with the preliminary cursory review. Uh, there may be a fee associated with that. Again, I can't speak uh, specifically for what they'll require. But then that initial process will, will start and you'll, you'll get a better idea how to bring your concept to fruition.
1: And how about lighting, Lisa? I mean, those those arena lights can require a few amps.
3: Right. So I was going to add to it that depending on the size of the uh, barn or structure— and the lot size, you may fall under. There's also agriculture considerations. Uh, the um, Sometimes the permitting requirements are a little bit different. But, yes, your lighting for the arena, that is definitely going to need a, a permit for the electrical and for the poles due to their height. Um, but really, unfortunately, we can't answer that because... Each jurisdiction has adopted different codes and has different amendments. So we can speak to it in a generality form, uh, but the barn, your fencing, your lighting, and uh, then for zoning uh, purposes or site planning for the lot coverage, uh, those are all things that need to be uh, brought up to either uh, Queen Creek or Maricopa, depending on who. Jurisdiction over so that. there's
1: a lot there, Dewey, that will have permanent implications. I'm going to I'm gonna give you a phone number and a shortcut here because this is a man that builds mayor motels all over the state of Arizona. Uh, and he'll probably be able to answer the majority of your questions in about a 10-minute phone conversation. It's Justin Legler at Imperial Trailer. Uh, and the number is 480 833 30 90. Uh, Justin Legler, an imperial trader. He's built uh, uh, a couple structures for a couple of our clients from Rio Verde out to New River to Whitman, uh, and and he knows, he has a basic idea of what is or isn't going to be required. So that was a question I wasn't anticipating, but Dewey, we appreciate you calling and uh, getting it out on air. I wonder what he's going to charge for horse lodging. (laughs) <laughs> all right here's one here's one and and i can give you her name because she's not asking about her own res, her own property alice welcome to rosie on the house we've got miss lisa and mr john here to answer your question what is it
3: um a house uh, several houses down for me uh was sold and um the day after the lady moved out this investor bought it I only know that from a neighbor who has walked around the neighborhood and and talked with the investor. He changed, he added an extra bedroom in there and he added an extra bathroom in there. Um, I don't know that, how long the permits, you know, take to get anything like that. And if it was permitted, my concern is, you know, they're going to turn it into a group home or (laughs) have 10 cars around there.
1: Well, there's a couple things you need to know. It can't be turned into a group home without being certified. If it's going to turn into a short-term rental, it needs to be registered. But what do you do with a neighbor? I've got a neighbor that's building a two-story addition that, I mean, I've been in my house for 40 years. We've had wonderful backyard privacy. And now I've got two-bedroom windows looking right down. But I know it's permitted. I've Nothing I can do about it. But if you're curious if your neighbor's work is being permitted, what what are your options lisa
3: so if you want to find out about a property and what's going on you can uh, do a public records request and you can find out what permits have been pulled and if it if there is not a permit in place for the work that, uh, you suspect is being done, uh, then you can, uh, notify, you can email the building at phoenix.gov and we can forward it to our non-permitted, uh, construction team and they can take a look at it. Uh, I will second and say that, that it's very true that if you think that it's going to be an assisted living, they have to be registered with, uh, zoning first because there's, a. Uh, Um, restrictions in place in regards to how many people can be within a certain distance and radius so uh you can also check that with public records they would be able to give you that information and
1: and city of phoenix has kind of got a heightened awareness of that based on a on a news stream that's been going on here for a couple months right (laughs) and i'm so glad y'all are on it i'm so glad you're on it john
0: Uh, One other item. If this work is taking place currently, uh, regardless of the jurisdiction, and and you're concerned, uh, but you see construction is taking place at the time, there should be a permit posted at that residence that you should see. It should be in a visible location. And then if you don't see that, again, reach out to the jurisdiction, the building department, and and, uh, feel free to inquire. Uh, we we want compliance and if there's a concern there uh again that's what we're here for give right. us a call all right here's another
1: one uh John is calling with another great question about considering maybe maybe a home that their their family is going to end up selling John what's your question
2: good morning good morning I love the program thank you for taking my call so you bet. my daughter bought a house about 10 years ago and she had an existing when she bought it, there was an existing casita there. She thought it was permitted, etc. But when she went to uh, the town to consider expanding her home, which she said no only because of the cost, she noticed that the casita, you know, wasn't even listed, say, on the property. And it's attached to the house. It's like a one-bedroom has a shower and a sink. But what she's wondering, if she sells the property, should she... Uh, how does she what are her options or legal obligations regarding that
0: unit since good. it's not listed.
1: Now now's the right time to be asking that question. John, who wants it? John or I'll, it... John? I'll take this. you start
0: okay? Uh good morning. That that is a great question and this is why I'm happy we're we're here this morning because uh this this is common. This this situation happens a lot. Uh and, and what what should happen here is um Contact the building department. Let let's start the process. Let's find out uh, if that structure is allowed. Uh, if it's possible to retroactively get this permitted, so it can be sold. Uh, there's a clear conscience. The work is to code, and and you can move forward. Uh, it there may be items in there that you know. Uh, compiling plans, uh, getting uh, certain permits in place or or zoning allowances, Uh, there's a process for it. It can uh, be rectified and you can move forward. But again, I want to point this out. The first thing to do if this was in Tempe uh, is go to tempe.gov forward slash community development, give us a call, reach out, and let's start the process so we can assist and get compliance and you can move forward with the sale of that property.
1: And I tell you what, John, you need to get that done for that square footage to be calculated in the assessed value. Correct. As put put on my developer hat on, it's going to cost you a fraction to get this legal as compared to what it's going to add to the values. Lisa?
3: You you beat Did me to I the steal punch. It? Yeah, you, right. No, that's okay. okay. You okay. beat me to the punch, but that's a very good thing. So if something is on the property that hasn't been permitted... You do want to take those steps because in doing that, it will notify the county that that detached structure or the attached addition has been added to the property, which will increase the value. You're loading up on text? Well, I got (laughs) to have
2: a text while we're on the topic of canopies and backyards. This homeowner wants to know, how big can a freestanding canopy in the backyard be with the fort requires a permit no water or power plan to run to it
3: no water or power with the city of phoenix it's a 200 square feet anything over 200 square feet requires a permit now if they let's say they built i'm going to add to that they build the 200 or 190 square foot detached structure doesn't require a permit three months down the road they decide they want to run a power line because they're going to have some lights and or a barbecue that electrical run would require a permit but not the freestanding structure
1: and i love all y'all's building department's ease of pulling those simple permits yes you yeah i mean you can literally do it on the internet machine in about 15 minutes. I need a simple electric permit. Yep. Boom. John, did you have something
0: to add to that? Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 this is, again, you're going to see a reoccurring theme here. Uh, <laughs> we love to also tell homeowners they don't need a permit, but they will still need to get zoning and or site planning approval for that placement. 200 sta- – Yes, for yeah. the location and placement of that structure. And that is where they can initiate the process – And then that will then allow them to know if they want an electrical run, okay, here's the process for that permit in addition to.
3: Yes, so and that helps because if uh, site planning takes a look at it, they also can determine lot coverage. And sometimes it may not require a permit. But maybe the HOA wants to see that site is looked at it if they if somebody's in an HOA. So Well, we,
1: we, we could go all day with y'all here in the studio and we're about ready to run out of time for this segment. But I'll tell you when I come back, I saw a proliferation of shade sales. Uh over the last 10 or 15 years and hardly anyone permits those. And then I want to talk about your city councils that just approved backyard casitas in everybody's backyard. So, so that's where we're going in the next segment. Lisa's closing her eyes saying, Oh boy. So when we get back, we'll talk about those two in particular, the backyard casita, Uh, ordinance that has passed through many of the city councils here just recently. What does that mean? What nightmares is it causing? How real of an idea is it? When we get back right here at Rosie on the House. There's so much more I want to cover on this particular topic. We did get a text from a plumber and says, uh, thanks for covering this topic. Make sure people know don't touch their own gas lines. (laughs) <laughs> i would say that's good advice yeah I would really too. good i agree okay we were talking offline uh in that break that i wanted to go to the uh accessory dwelling units uh that some city councils have approved and uh, I, I just want to encourage people don't jump on that bandwagon and start getting plans drawn until you check there you all know, we're, we're finding a few um uh, a, a few details that need to be covered <laughs>
3: yes so uh for the city of phoenix uh, council did approve uh, november 6th that accessory dwelling units are now allowed in uh single family residential subdivisions uh we are still um, working we've taken plans in we're going through the review process there's just a uh a few little details that need to be finalized. That doesn't mean people can't still start applying for them because it is a process right now. Because it is a dwelling unit, we're asking that all plans be logged in because we want to make sure that the review process is done since somebody is going to be living in this structure. So uh, we're hoping within the next week All of the information will be finalized, and the ones that have already come in, that we will be getting those out in a relatively short period of time. It has been a frustrating process for some people, um, but it was so new and it has moved so rapidly that um, we just want to try to avoid having further confusion and further problems with those plans out in the field, we would like to have everything done prior to them going out. So, sure. what, but we're working on it. We're happy that we're able to um, help with the, uh, hopefully, with the Phoenix housing shortage, and it's part of the um, uh, vision that sure. they have. So, it, and it's a good thing. It really is. Now, we
1: talked a lot about projects that do need permitting, projects that don't need permitting. Uh, Y'all actually have information on your website that homeowners could go to. John, talk a little bit about that. What's exempt from permitting?
0: Uh, Well, um, on our website, uh, you can go tempe.gov forward slash community development. Our codes are listed uh, online, uh, one of uh, only three or four here in Arizona, and uh, our building codes and amendments are listed, and in our amendments, uh, all of the items that would be exempt from requiring a permit are specifically outlined on there, uh, and just due to time and how many items there are, I won't go through them, Right. Uh, but uh, as we touched on, uh, item exempt would be an accessory structure less than 200 square feet would be exempt. You would see that when you go on our website, when you see that amendment there that says that is a scope of work that would be exempt. And I believe Lisa also has uh, some a list of items for the city of Phoenix.
3: Yes, so uh, the same for us with the City of Phoenix. If you go on to the website for planning and development, we do also list all of our codes with the adopted amendments. And per our Phoenix Building Construction Code, we have work exempt from a permit. And it uh, there's a seven-page document that outlines everything that uh, is exempt from a permit. It goes pretty much in detail um, uh, as to what can and, or can't does not require a permit. I'm getting into the can and cannot. Shouldn't do that.
1: And I th- I think there's a lot of things done all the time that require a permit that people don't realize. How about changing a water heater in Tempe? Uh,
0: well, uh, yes, uh, there are items there. Uh, there's some nuance too, but okay. if uh, generally uh, many of the common items. If you're uh, relocating uh, electrical outlets, uh, if you are moving drains, adding fixtures, uh, if you are doing uh, adding a door, um, minor scope of work uh, in the scheme of things, it's not like it's an addition, but that sky, uh, scope of work still would require a permit. Now, again, if you go online to our website, you would see there are some nuance and some situations where a permit isn't needed, but at all times, if if you're on the fence and you don't know for sure, give us a call and we'll assist you. Lisa, if I need a new air conditioner in Phoenix.
3: So, uh, if it is a like for like replacement and you're uh, um, doing no work with the duct work, yes, you need a, a permit, but you don't need plans for it. Very
1: good. Well, thank you all for joining us so much this hour and covering the issue of permits. You can find out more uh, by listening again to the blog or tuning
3: into the article or pulling up the article on our webpage, Permits.